Thank you for tuning in to Love Dripping from the Walls. I'm your host, Elizabeth Ann Cunningham. You're listening to Season 4, Episode 6. On this season, we are talking about the as-lived experience of people who are Black, Indigenous, or people of color, and LGBTQ+. I, along with my fabulous co-host, Jamie Smith, will be joined by people sharing their stories. This episode topic is... What are things you deal with because you are BIPOC and LGBTQ? The goal of this episode and the season is that those people who can relate to these stories feel seen, heard, and that they aren't alone. That those people who can't fully relate can understand life from different perspectives. And that in accomplishing both of these things, that we experience a greater connection as people. As always, make sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode and to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Did you know that Love Dripping from the Walls now has merch? Go ahead and click down to the episode notes and buy your hats, hoodies, beanies, masks, for Love Dripping from the Walls and other Love merch. Also, whenever you buy Love merch, you support organizations around the world. Currently, we are supporting Autism Compassion Africa. So as you shop, you give back. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the episode. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to Love Dripping from the Walls. My name is Elizabeth Cunningham. I'm your host. I have my wonderful co-host here, Jamie Smith. This is episode six. (laughs) This is episode six of our season four. So those of you who have been tuning in for the entire season know Jamie. And for those of you who've been tuning in for the entire season, you actually know the people who are here as well. So we have the Brian and Ra. And so every, so any, when we start our conversation today and what our conversation is about today is what are things that you deal with specifically because you are a person of color and you're also LGBTQ. And we're going to start with your everyday like lived experience. You know, what is that like inside of your relationships every day, going to work, dealing with family, you know, like what is, what is really like your everyday lived experience? And something that Jamie brought up before we started recording was, you know, what is also that inside of the comparison of like, even a white person who's LGBTQ as well, right? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And before any, any though, even though if people have already been listening to this season, I would still love for you to, the first time that you speak, introduce yourself, say something that you'd like people to know about you, maybe say why you wanted to be a part of this series. And then one of our episodes we did, what's your favorite ice cream? So I think this episode, I'm going to say, what <laughs> is your favorite Disney movie. Oh. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I know there's so many. There's so oh. many. Mine's Mulan. Mine is Mulan. Okay. I love Mulan. Okay. I I'm wanted like to track, yeah, like what made me cry the hardest. Like, <laughs> most emotional. Yeah. I am traumatized. Still traumatized by the Lion King. 
God killed Mufasa and I am not okay. So <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. honestly that it's like vicious. It's awful. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> so, years yeah. later, he puts his so. paw over his and he's just like dead. Yeah. Oh, I know. Me watching it as an adult, I'm like, no, it is awful. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Jamie, for capturing all of our feelings about the Lion King. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never be okay about that. All right, so diving in, what is your what is your as lived experience? You know, what are the things that you do with as someone of color and also I'll, LGBTQ person? I'll jump in. I'm Brian. My favorite Disney movie is Aladdin. My favorite Disney song is Jafar's song in Aladdin. Oh, interesting. It's a funny twist. I don't know. It's like a coming out in its own where he's like this stern and just like, oh, I'm Jafar. And then he's <laughs> like fabulous and he's like making puns and he's singing. And I'm like, yes. Um, <laughs> but he's evil. So that's, you know, it's not good. But whatever. We can have a whole other conversation like gay appearing Disney villains, but that's a different part. There you go. That'll be season six. Season six <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Brian, I, you know, if if you've heard the other episodes, I'm actor, artist, live in Seattle. I am here because this last two years for me has been a lot more like, I want to be more like out and visible. And so this is me putting effort towards that. And I think a lot of that comes into a lot of the topics of these episodes, which is like, I think one of the harder things about me being visible in the last couple of years has been like as like a late bloomer, so to speak, like trying to figure out like who... Damn. <laughs> like what parts of my personality were were defense mechanisms that I was like putting on for other people and what parts were actually me. And I think a lot of that comes into this conversation. But what's funny is like actually I think this one's really tough for me to think about because I don't know what the white experience is like. <laughs> Never weird. <laughs> weird. I've seen movies of uh, <laughs> Like, you know, I don't know what every day is. So it's tough to be like, I can't compare it. I, I don't know. And I think one of the weirdest things, and this might actually be answering the question. And this is, this is like, I think an LGBTQ thing and POC thing, but I know it's definitely a POC thing. Is that like, so like, I don't know. So I'm, I'm six feet, 10 inches tall. And so like, I joke around sometimes that when I'm walking down the street, I wonder, like, sometimes I'll see people stare at me and they'll make faces. And I'm like, is that because I'm tall, because I'm black, or because I'm attractive? <laughs> like, like, like that's, I don't know. I don't know. Black like, and black. <laughs> <laughs> We're all three of those things. Right. <laughs> like, what's, like, what's going on here? But, like, and so that's the thing that, like, is like this feeling of, like, your white friends, like, oh, that's not, no, people aren't racist. They're not thinking that. And you're like, man, I hope you're right, but I don't know. And that in itself, I think is part of the thing is like that. I don't know, but I'm thinking about it, but maybe who knows. And like that right there. So like right now, this might be seem a little off topic, but there's like some drama going on in my parkour world where there's some, some racial drama where someone did something insensitive and someone called them out for it. And it's amazing how many of the comments are just people being like, you're being overly sensitive. You're being too sensitive, but it's like, that's besides the point. This, the person who called the the guy out like lives in a world where he feels the need to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that right there is the experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I jump in? I'll jump in on, on, I'll piggyback off that. So like you were saying, I don't, I don't know. Also 610. That's impressive. I did not get that through zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I was not getting that through zoom. I was like, so, oh, oh, 10. he put a 10 after it. <laughs> I was like, that's almost seven feet. Damn. Um, so I'm glad that you are six foot 10 and that I know that now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I'll piggyback off that. Um, also, Rob, so yeah, the, introduce yourself. 
Oh, yes. I'm Ra. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm from New Mexico. Originally, I've been here for about, it'll be six years, actually, in November, Seattle. I moved here to be more myself, like Brian was saying, to just be myself. And I love water. I love green. And corny as hell, I literally wanted to move here to fall in love. And I have now. Yay. So, yay, I'm engaged. <laughs> I took some time, but I... I did find my person. Oh, and my favorite Disney movie is also The Lion King. But I also, it sucks because I like, so I hate Scar, obviously, because he killed mm-hmm. Mulasa. But then there's times where I'm like, damn, I'll fuck with Scar, dude. <laughs> <laughs> His song, Be Prepared, like, that is my jam. the jam. It is. But then I'm like, oh, that's not my jam anymore. Like, I don't know. It's... <laughs> I go back and forth. So, but Lion King, I do love that movie. So yeah, so go back to what we were talking about, the white experience. So my fiance is bisexual and she's, and she's white. So like Brian was saying, like, it's like, I see some of that experience through her eyes. And like when I'm around her family, but yeah, like I'm also a quarter white, but like, let's be real. That's not my, from my experience. Like I don't get, I don't get treated differently because I'm, I'm white. Like, you know, <laughs> And so walking down the street, like you were saying, like, you know, oh, does that person, like, is, are they staring at me because I'm, you know, dark, beautiful, handsome, all this, all this stuff. And then my friends sometimes be like, oh, no, why your head always got to go there? And it's like, that's the difference right there. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. why does your head not go there? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the why experience. Like, you know, like, oh, you could just walk down the street and not wonder why someone's staring at you. Like, okay, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Let's unpack that. Yeah. Let's let's go there. But yeah, my experience is just more. So it's funny, actually, I wasn't sure. Like he said, like when we were starting, I was like, I really don't know what to say or how to talk about this. But then something recent actually just kind of happened where I was like, oh, yeah, people aren't doing what we just dealt with. So we're engaged. We're looking for places to go on our honeymoon. COVID alone is enough to like throw a wrench into that plan, right? But let's say that COVID is not here and we're just regularly back to normal, no pandemic among us. So we had a list of things. We're going down the list. We're like, oh my God, yeah, that would be nice. Like, let's go here. Like, oh yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to Google just to like make sure like, you know, it's safe for LGBT. So I Google and like literally the minute I like Google, I don't even have to like, I literally just Google the name with like LGBT and it's like, boom, illegal, illegal. It can be stoned. And I'm like, damn, like, okay, it's a good thing I'm doing this. It's a good thing I'm Googling. Like we had like at least, I think 10 things on the list, maybe even more. And so all of Africa is ruled out, obviously, because it's like hella legal to be gay in Africa or queer. Then we get to South Africa. And funny enough, South Africa is actually like LGBT, like Mecca, right? It's like supposed to be like amazing there. But then I forget South Africa and my friend's like, oh, but there's white only beaches still and white only neighborhoods and you can still get very much in trouble. So I was like, double the hit. So I'm sure we will obviously find a place, but just right there was... I know my white friends aren't like, you know, my heterosexual friends aren't like, let's make sure we Google that to make sure we, you know, we're safe on our honeymoon. That's not okay. a thing. Yeah. So that's kind of like a, it was like an eye opening experience again that hit me where I'm like, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that's it. I was like, that's it. That's it. I'll be like, <laughs> I was taking that in. I forgot it. Yeah. Gotta pro- take it in, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just like, damn. <laughs> I think the silence is like, damn, that's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah I feel, yeah. I feel like I did not know with this topic as well. Didn't know what 
to say what, and I still really don't know what to say or what to think. It's like, I don't think anyone has been racist towards me, but I know that that can't be real or true. And also my experience is different because yeah, I am a person of color, but I'm not black. So obviously I walk through the world differently and my experience is so different. Oh, and but yeah, and I don't know. I don't, sorry. Introduce yourself. (laughs) Oh, sorry. My name is V. I'm a queer herbalist, self-care enthusiast, mental health advocate based in Seattle. (laughs) But also, yeah, I don't know what it's like to to be white. My partner is white as well. And they're great. They acknowledge their privilege, which is awesome to be with somebody who knows that. And I acknowledge my privilege too. I'm so privileged. Yeah, this is a tough one, (laughs) I feel. (laughs) Well, what's really interesting is that what I hear across all three of you is that there is this kind of this normal, right? You know, it's kind of embedded in your experience you know, we are what we are and I don't know what the white experience is, but we see it all over the place. We see it in movies, we see it in TV shows, you know, we see it, we see what the wider, what the wider society considers to be LGBTQ community. And it often doesn't include people who look like us. And so for instance, Will and Grace, you know, of course, classic, right? I don't really see myself there. You know, when I see folks, you know, you know, the kind of when you talk about when we see black women as bisexual or lesbian or something like that, all you see is you see lipstick lesbians, which of course representation counts and they are they are those. But you know, you don't, you know, and you see studs, but you don't see the folks that are in the middle, that sort of thing. You know, and so what is interesting to me is like, you know, when you when you start having those conversations with people and they're like, you know, you're trying to date somebody and the first thing that they want to know is, Oh, do you date that date outside your race? And it's this is a girl that's talking to me. And it's kind of like, well, I wouldn't be here with you if I wasn't, you know? So it's like, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. And so, you know, what we're kind of getting at is like, what does this look like when you're in conversation, when you're in relationship with non-people of color? What does it look like with your family? I came out, Brian, similar to what you, what you were saying. I came out pretty late in life. I came out at 35 and 42 now. And my family is still like, oh, so you're still doing that? Mm, black folks can't be gay. Like, you know, that's not really a thing. The most recent conversation I've had was over this ice cube thing where, you know, you have what I call the hotel kind of coming out with these grand contracts, you know, over around Black America. And they absolutely do not pay attention to Black women or to Black LGBTQ members of the community. So it's just one of those things where it's like, well, you know, we, we are also here. We exist. When are you going to think about us? And why do you take our votes and our feelings and our support for granted? So it's those types of things that I'm kind of hoping that we can kind of talk about today, you know, because it was kind of me that kind of drove this, drove this particular um, topic. When you bring, yeah, sorry. When you bring that up uh, about like representation, that makes sense because I don't know if anybody else feels this, but I grew up in spaces that were primarily white. And so I feel like growing up, I was always like striving to be mm-hmm. white, <laughs> like, trying to, like be more white, like, dress like how the white girls were dressing, hang out with them and like make myself fit in with that, that crowd. And also, yeah, watching things like Will and Grace, where it's mm-hmm. just a bunch of people who are white or white passing or the L word too. Yeah. I mean, that 
cast mm-hmm. entirely a white cast. Queer as folk was like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, so in order to be, it's like, uh, am I actually queer? Because it seemed like only white people are queer. So <laughs> I don't really know. Exactly. Like how, what was it called? The movie with the wedding, Asian movie. Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, Crazy Rich Asians. That was this huge thing. So it was like, oh, a movie that's entirely an Asian cast. And that mm-hmm. came out, what, in 2019? Yeah. So that was really an interesting... Yeah, and I... That movie isn't like a crazy emotional movie, but I remember like sobbing through that movie. I was like, this <laughs> is beautiful. Representation yes. does matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not like in the theater sobbing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the L word, I was going to say, even to your point, B, so the L word was all white, right? Except for Bet. I remember that Bet was, here's yeah. the thing with Bet is that she was mixed, right? And she said, like, she was constantly saying, I'm mixed. But even that was still like so minuscule of a topic. Mm-hmm. And she was like passing, right? And right. so I remember I didn't really see anything representation wise of me in general until I saw, and I'm going to say it, the Cosby show, which, oh, like, why (laughs) did you have to ruin that fucking show? But anyway, the Cosby show. So it was weird. I saw like a doctor and a lawyer and I was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, like they're my color. So, cause I was like really little when that came out. And mm-hmm. so I remember being like, the Cosby show, like that's me. I see myself in there. But then I also was watching stuff. Most of the majority was like seventh heaven, mm-hmm. rowing pains, like all oh, these white families just like living their white best life. And it was very interesting not seeing representation up until I basically started to really struggle with my sexuality. And it was as if the TV was screaming to me, like, you're queer. And it was like, I was turning on these like shows as I'm struggling, wanting to like, like, I'm like, no, I'm just going to bury it deep down inside. I'm moving on. Turn on Glee. Santana struggling with her sexuality. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Turn on, like (laughs) moving back up, moving on. We're going to turn on Grey's. I love this show. Oh, great. Callie's now struggling with her sexuality. What the fuck? Like literally all (laughs) happening at the same time. And it was literally the universe was just like, you can't bury this. I'm like, I want to. Can't you just let me? (laughs) And so, yeah, I didn't see like representation for a while until I was basically in college. And then it became like the norm to have at least one gay couple and one. And then it was like, oh, well, we can let's do. Let's do two gay dads. Like people are starting, Modern Family's been on for a while. People are starting to like the whole like gay dads thing, but should we fuck with it? Should we push it a little bit farther? Should we make them? Oh wait, but they're two white gay dads. Should we do the two gay black dads? It's like, it's this this Mm -hmm. whole umbrella of just like, oh my gosh, like checking off the list now. I feel like it's pretty normal to have at least someone who's LGBT plus in the bubble. But yeah, I was going to say representation definitely matters. And the stigma of being black and gay and queer is very... Very real. Very real. Like speaking on like the black part first is like, and I I think I said this in the last episode, so I'm somewhat hesitant to say it again because I don't want to go off on the same tangent. But whatever is is that for me, a big part of my black experience was like being forced into a box I did not sign up to be in. And the weirdest part about that box is that the box is painted as this thing of like, you're not being black enough because you're not acting like X, Y, and Z. But then I'm looking at my black role models, you know, like I'll I'll use Obama as one of them. And then Obama doesn't even fit that box that people are forcing me into. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? This makes no sense. I have everybody telling me to be this, to count. And then I'm looking at the people who are killing it. 
and they're not even doing that. And so I feel like a big part of the Black experience, and this is like a very unpopular opinion, is like a massively marketed costume to Black youth to tell them how to be, to keep them from succeeding. There, I fucking said it. I don't care. That's how I feel. And so a big part of growing up Black for me was like recognizing that and then not liking it and then trying to just be myself through that. And then I think when the LGBTQ part came into it, it was like that all over again in, in another area of my life where suddenly I wasn't queer enough in so many respects because people were like, well, you need to do this and you need to do this. And I'm just like, no, 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 I'm not doing this again. <laughs> it was just a lot more of like, I was a lot louder and being like, no, why? And I asked a lot of questions, but it creates a lot of strain in, in relationships. So those things kind of coming together is a big part for me. Like black people being like, I don't understand the queer part or people being like, I don't understand the, the black part, but I don't know, like touching on like representation in movies. I thought Moonlight did it pretty well. I definitely don't have like an inner city struggling history. Like my parents did very well. They came from places for sure, but like my childhood was very privileged and I'm very happy for that. But I think Moonlight does a really good job of showing a story of someone's internal struggle of being like, oh, well, I'm just not allowed to be gay. And like, and I think, I think that should be really emphasized because if, if I said that, like, let's like go back to a time where I kind of felt that way where I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't be gay. I'm not allowed to be like someone would quickly be like, no, because, or like, look at this way. I'm like, no, no, no. Hear my words right now. What did I just say? I just said, I'm not allowed to be gay. That was a thing that I felt Mm -hmm. not an opinion wasn't a debate. That was a true fact that I was like, that's just facts. I'm not allowed to be that. And I think that's such a big part of the black experience, especially for young people is inadvertently being told by this world that like, unless you're playing basketball, rapping or acting, and usually like in a goofy way, like you can't do other shit. What are you doing? Who do you think you are? Once again, no one's like ever like held pin me down and said this directly, but it gets kind of mixed in there, you know? Yeah. That is, I think, one of the differences in being, you know, a person of color and you know, especially black and LGBTQ. You know, either you have to act in this one way because you're a black or act in this one way because you're LGBTQ or both. You know, I do find that there is a expected way of acting if you're a black bisexual woman. There is an expected way to be, you know, like if you're not Billy Porter, you've got to be, you know, down on the down low, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> You know, and so it's those expectations that I think provide that kind of pressure and maybe we don't acknowledge it because it's kind of there. It's almost like, hey, you know, microaggressions are a real way of life. You know, people looking at me strange is a way of life. You know, that's just the way it is. One thing I'd like to ask all of you is, do you feel that you often have to explain your experience to your white partners or to your white friends? Oh, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Just Ron's face. (laughs) (laughs) I swear. Yeah, we do have to. Yeah. Like, you you have to. Yeah, there's like, it could be as little as, like, I don't even know if this has to do. No, that's not going to really be. I'm not even going to say that. But anyway, I was going to say this thing that happened the other day. And I was like, no. Yeah, it's just the little things where you can just be joking about, like, just tiniest things. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like, my partner will just, like, 
stop laughing and I'll still be laughing. Why did you stop laughing? And then she's like, that is my concerned face. And I'm like, oh no, it went far. My bad. Like <laughs> something happened. I don't know why. We were both just laughing and now you're not. And I don't know what I said, but <laughs> like I'm fine. I don't know. Like, so yeah, I'm I'm constantly having to yeah, just just the experience. I don't know. It's 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 definitely been something that I'm starting to own in a way, but it's like we were talking about code switching in our in in one of the episodes and I feel like I code switch my myself, not just my not just the way I speak around people, but I code switch my like sexuality. There's days where I'm like there's this person I follow on Instagram and she is like amazing because everything she does, you could just tell it's like she doesn't give a fuck about what anyone thinks and she has this shirt or this like thing that she always wears and it's masculinity is not a gender mm-hmm. and when i saw that i was like uh-huh. oh shit like you're right <laughs> and uh, there's days where i literally will just be like i want to wear like a hat backwards i want to wear like my shoes but then like when it takes away all the things it's like my friend will be like oh you're stud like and i'll be like I want to be a stud, but then there's days where I'm like, I don't want to be a stud, like you know. So it's yeah. So I code switch that up, and so yeah, I don't even know if I answered your question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jamie, can you actually restate the question? That was (laughs) was like, no, I don't think you did. Just to be honest, like Rod, that was a great answer, and also now I'm like, what was the question? (laughs) No, the question is like, you know, are there things that you feel that you have to explain to your white your white partner because they just don't get it or they don't understand it or are there things that they ask you about that you're like well dude this should be totally obvious like what do you what do you mean you know are there things that, that you have to go through i mean yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. like they're like white friends yeah i mean mostly mm-hmm. strangers like i mean it's there's a lot of things i mean but i think what it comes down to is just the like it's ah, uh, <laughs> like explaining. It's the listening that's the hardest part. Like it's mm-hmm. the being heard that's the hardest part. Like that fear that you're gonna say the thing and they're gonna be like, "Oh, that's ridiculous." Or like you shouldn't have to feel that way. And you're just like, "That's not why." Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't like. Oh my god. Okay. Like I don't know. Like I don't want to make generalizations, but I don't know how else to fucking say this. It's just like mm-hmm. sometimes like white people want to make things so right in the moment, and it's like, no, it's not right. Let it not be right. But I have a white friend who's my same height. Kyle Strouts, who's an actor friend of mine, it's like a brother to me. He doesn't get asked if he plays basketball when he walks outside. Right. I don't get it's like it's fine like that I get asked, but like I get asked in that way of like, are you doing your due diligence? It's I don't get asked like, oh wow, you're really tall. Do you play basketball? I get asked in like foreign countries. (laughs) But like if I'm like walking around in Atlanta, I get like the you better be playing basketball. Mm -hmm. I want to unpack that moment. (laughs) It's it's like you better be playing basketball. What I hear is because there's nothing else you should be fucking doing. You do, right. Uh-huh. That is your role. And it's like, what? Yeah. Being, being born with the role, is, it's weird. And sometimes in history that happens. And you're like, I'm the welder's apprentice. <laughs> I'm weird too. But it's weird. You're like, it's 2020 and I'm, I'm 31. And I'm still fighting to not feel like maybe I should have. Yeah. You no, know? And it's, I don't know. And like, so that whole feeling, trying to explain that, to someone is tough because you explain it and they're just like, 
oh, you shouldn't have to deal with that. And you're like, but yeah. I do. <laughs> like, I do. I'm telling you this. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like a black thing or like a me thing. I don't know. It's just like. No, I, I think it is definitely so. like, because I totally feel that like people making assumptions about you or generalizations about you. And not that that doesn't happen to everybody. Like I'm sure that happens to my white partner, like making general, like assumptions about like, their sexuality. But I I doubt they're getting, you know, it's like you not only have to deal with the assumptions made about you because of your sexuality, but then also because about, you know, your race or color of your skin. So it's like all these things. It's like, oh, they think you're, you're straight. And then they think you should be doing like, I'm Filipino. And a lot of Filipinos, it's just known they are nurses. Mm -hmm. And so people are always thinking like, oh, like you're a nurse. And I'm like, no, I'm artist. And I just remember, like, that was a a huge um, contention for me and my family when I was growing up was that I was like the black sheep of my family because I was this artist and then also came out as queer. And it was like, my parents were like, oh my God, like, (laughs) queer and an artist? Oh God. And I just have continued to be somebody who doesn't want to do anything like the traditional way, whatever that traditional way is. And I just find that there are assumptions and generalizations uh, made about me. And that can be really frustrating when people come up to you and assume something about you. And you're like, okay, you didn't even take the time to get to know me. You just like made an assumption. You're just like, oh, that's a, an Asian person who looks like a woman. Yeah, they're a nurse. And I'm like, <laughs> right. no. That is not me. Exactly. Give me a chance to like tell you who I am before you assume who I am. Yeah, with Brian's point, like when they're like, oh, you play basketball? Like for me, I do play basketball and I'm like hella into it and I'm really good. But like yeah. when people just make that stereotype and the generalization, they just be like, oh, like you probably, because you're athletic and play basketball. And I, I just want to be like, you know, I do play basketball, but then I have to like, <laughs> like but then I have to like not admit it sometimes because I'm like, I don't want to prove their point. Like, you yeah. know, go into the stereotype with you. And like, when people are like, I have some watermelon and then I'm like, I don't want watermelon. And they're like, you don't like watermelon. And I'm just like, yeah. Oh my God. Like, are we really going to go there? <laughs> like, yeah. No, I don't like watermelon. I don't like any melon. And they're like, Oh, right. I got some Kool-Aid. I do like Kool-Aid. I think I'll take you up on that Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. like, only because I want the Kool-Aid and not because you made it. <laughs> like, you know I like watermelon and fried chicken and Kool-Aid. Yeah. But I feel weird about eating it in front of them because, you know, it proves the freaking stereotype. Because exactly. <laughs> it is yeah. like, but she had the fried chicken. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, oh. I'm going to sit down because I want to sit down, not because it's a two-hour meeting. Yeah. I'm going to sit down because I want to sit down. <laughs> so that's like the thing, too, because it's like, I like fried chicken and I'm hearing this from everyone, like the Kool-Aid and like the watermelon. And it's like, so it's, it's not even the thing. Like, let's call that X. Like, it's not even the X. It's like this strange faux Jane Goodall mentality of like, hmm, see, they're doing the thing that I knew. Hey, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a human being. Yeah, I like me some fried chicken. <laughs> not because of the color of my skin. <laughs> I see why people like fried chicken too. Yes. Why? Why? I love fried chicken. Are you kidding me? I love fried chicken. Fried chicken is the greatest thing ever. I just don't get it. <laughs> Can't we all just love fried chicken because we like fried chicken and not because of the color of our skin? There is a reason why Popeyes and KFC and all these different chicken places are booming right now. It's not because of black people by itself. 
you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's because the world loves it. Exactly. <laughs> it was interesting because I was on a date with a girl, a, a white woman one time. And the first thing she says to me, and I, at first I thought it was because she knows I'm pretty politically, you know, active and all this sort of thing. She's like, I don't want to talk about race. And I'm like, sure. I don't want to talk about race either. You know, like when I'm in a relationship, can I just be Jamie? You know, like, you know, I happen to look like this, but you know, I'm hella funny. I can whistle like, you know, those types of things. <laughs> and so I find myself kind of in a relationship. I would love to kind of just take off the black or the queer or the woman thing. And can I just be a spirit in the relationship? Do you ever find that? And do you ever feel any guilt for that? Because sometimes I do feel guilt. You know, it's like if I talk to a black person, like, hey, I just kind of want to be Jamie. And, well, oh, you don't want to be a black person. What's wrong with you? You know, this and other. You're like, <laughs> you know, do you find that kind of like you want to kind of be you, but it kind of follows you in there? Mm, all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, with my future in-laws and mm -hmm. family, they're from Woodenville. And so it's very like, ooh. Yeah, like I'm like that. Like I'm like, Woodenville is just like this white city with this they live in this like white cul-de-sac white house and i love them to death i really have nothing but respect for them so that's why i don't want it to come off as like it's like oh but it, it's so different from what i've from what i've experienced and that's yeah. not even like i'm a very privileged like i did not grow up in the hood or any of that like i am not it's not like i'm like you know but i still did not have this experience and so anytime like i i'm over there i just feel like i'm on this like charade of not having them to like like they know I'm black the race topic gets brought up all the time all the but time. like it's it's not and then like but if it's not and then it also if it's not brought up it's like why aren't we talking about race did you not see what happened in that? like and so it's like how how do you get like a healthy balance right right and not to not talk about it and mm -hmm. so I definitely, I feel with you on the, on the spirit thing, but mm -hmm. it, it sucks because it's, it's also what makes me right. Exactly. So it's like, if I eliminate that from my narrative, then I'm mm -hmm. just some boring like person that's just like chilling, <laughs> right? Like a balance of that conversation. This might be an exaggeration, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel it. I thrive on connection. I love connecting with people. Like I'm loving this right now. I felt very connected to and loved during mm -hmm. and immediately after George, George Floyd. Yeah. Watched it like, wither away i need i need i need to unpack that because that, that's i'm not saying what i want to say with that like okay. what i'm trying to say is that like i met many people throughout my life especially traveling and doing parkour and being a part of a bunch of different communities mm -hmm. while i loved how many people like reached out during this crazy racial tension yeah it kind of sucked how many people only did because of the crazy racial tension Let's just say like I made and lost a lot of friends in a very short time because it was mm -hmm. like, you're black. I'm going to love you right now. And then like when it all faded away, they're like, who are you? Like, right. So like found a lot of those conversations when we would be talking about race and having these race conversations, I felt very important and talked to not that I wanted it. It just felt that. And then mm -hmm. suddenly if the conversations about like, okay, this is actually the best way I could say it. Like if we're talking about race situations, people are like listening when I'm speaking, if we're talking about why like, the act three in star Wars didn't work. No one cares what I have to say. I have a BFA in visual storytelling. <laughs> yeah. I just happen to be black. Right. But that's what people want to hear me talk about. Exactly. And there's all these other things I'm knowledgeable in to have to say. And like, I love to talk about, but there are some people where they're just like, say the black stuff. <laughs> like, 
Ain't this a bitch? <laughs> it's so true. Say the black stuff. <laughs> Damn, I want to talk about storytelling. Though. Can you? <laughs> talk about the black stuff. <laughs> like, hey. Like, exactly. I don't know if that's just me. I don't know how other people felt about it. Oh, absolutely. No, no, no. I, I'm at work and, you know, they're talking about, oh, yeah, we really need somebody to really drive this and be a butt kicker and the whole team looks at me you know because of course i'm the black chick i'm obviously the angry black woman i'm gonna whip everybody in the shape and it's just kind of like i can that's totally in me i do that often but can i just be demure and sweet and meek in a little bit can i can i can i just be the delicate flower for a minute and that is not a possibility i kind of feel that but like in the opposite regard in that like also like opposite from Brian I'm not six foot ten if you can tell that I'm five feet I say that but I'm actually like four eleven I'm short (laughs) (laughs) and I just feel like my entire life I've been made to like like be smaller like I'm already small but be like be smaller you know you're this tiny Asian person like be quiet that's like taught to you like in this Asian culture like be quiet don't take up space and I've done a lot of like work to like get past that and to be someone who feels okay being outspoken and to speak freely and to stand up for myself and I know that like in my the work that I do that's been met with like resistance and like who is this tiny little person speaking up and standing up for themselves Mm -hmm. and like it's really powerful for me but I can feel that it has like cause tension in my life in some areas where it's like people are like not expecting me to be outspoken and to stand up for myself they're like oh and then I come (laughs) off as like abrasive or aggressive and it's like oh just because you're not used to somebody like me being outspoken and calling you out suddenly I'm like an aggressive awful person Mm Yeah, like that angry woman or or especially angry black woman stereotype of like, I will literally just be passionate about like anything, right? So I'll just be talking and then like, like we could be talking about like Hamilton, for instance. I'm like, oh, I'm a Hamil fan, like to the, the, like I'm a hardcore fan. And so I've been listening to the like soundtrack for like six, six years or something. And like, so when it got released on Disney Plus, it was like, I'm going to actually get to see it. Like, you know. And so, like, I could literally just be, like, in a conversation with someone and be like, yeah. And then when the, and so when I get more excited, my, like, my voice is getting louder. And then I'm, like, getting more passionate. And then I'm seeing people's body language be like, like, where he just, like, goes into the bushes. That's, like, literally how people's body language be. And I'll be like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not upset. I'm excited. Like, why are you doing that? I honestly don't even know if I could ever tell you, like I can maybe name three times in my life where I've been so angry. And so like, just like my blood was boiling. Other than that, like it takes a lot for me to get hella mad, but you would never guess that with people's reactions with the way that they're just like, Oh, I'm gonna calm down. Like Ross popping off. I'm like, no, 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 no. it's like, you know, kind of like with Brian, it's like, no, I'm just talking about star Wars. Like, let's just talk about it. They're like, Say the black stuff. It's like, no. <laughs> it's like, can't we just talk about like you know? <laughs> so real. That excitement is so real. Like when when you get the big energy and like you get like the family barbecue energy, and you're just like, oh my god, no, 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 no. and then like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> like you're like New Jersey Italian, and they're like, finally, exactly, yeah. And then you're like, yeah, yeah. and then like, yeah. like. 
Exactly. Yeah, all my friends think I'm extra. I'm like, I'm not extra. I'm just like y'all aren't enough. Oh yeah, I am. <laughs> y'all aren't extra enough. Like, yeah, I'm but, like, extra enough. Like, I'm bougie and extra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's like a maybe. I don't want to say all white people, right? Or probably mostly like cis white men can get like praised for like being passionate and showing that passion. And if you're not that, if you don't look that like that and you show your passion and enthusiasm for something, it's like met with disgust. They're like, Oh my God, you need to calm down. It's like, no, like this is okay. You're supposed to express and show how passionate you are about the things you love. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I'm getting, I just wanted to throw in like a juxtaposition here. Like one of the things I'm getting out of what all of you are sharing is that on the, on the white side, that sounds so weird to say, but yeah, because like there's, there's ways that people expect and assume about me, like just Mm -hmm. as we all do that with all people, right? Like there's Mm -hmm. assumptions that we make, like that's how humans function. And then we either choose to recognize it or we don't. And the assumptions that people make about me and B just brought up like assumptions that people make about like cis white men as well, where it's just like, if you're white, there is an assumption about like how you're supposed to be. But if you act outside of it, it's almost like kind of awesome. Like it's it's a lot more likely to be praised. Like when people make assumptions about who I am and then they find out that that's not the case. Most of the time, people are like, wow, that's so cool. Oh, mm-hmm. tell me about like, oh, wow, you're so brave. Like, you're so brave. You're so mm-hmm. courageous. Like, mm-hmm. your vulnerability is so courageous. You know, all this stuff. And I can get loud and people think that that's great. Mm-hmm. You, know? you get the you go girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get like cheered on, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas as I'm listening to all of you, it's like, if you act outside of that box, it's like, who do you think that you are? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. I think Brian's was like, who do you think that you are? Mm -hmm. And, you know, B's is like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) And Roz is like, calm down. Yeah. It's like that Taylor Swift song. I'm like, oh my God. Like, you need to calm down. <laughs> You're being too loud. Yeah. And Jamie's is like only when I tell you to. Right. <laughs> right? And yeah. so just like that's the difference. It's like the difference between acting outside of how you should be. Like what I'm hearing is like that me acting outside of how I should be, great. Awesome. Rock on. And then y'all out acting outside of what you should be is like scary. Not okay. Mm-hmm. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. You pretty much nailed it. And I was going to ask you, Elizabeth, in a couple of minutes that we have left, as a white person in a relationship with a person of color, do you find yourself kind of asking the right questions, asking the wrong questions? And are you okay to do that, you know, as someone who is in that situation? Yeah. Thank you for asking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely have said the wrong things. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely caused upsets Mm -hmm. for sure. A lot of it comes from just me not understanding. It's just from pure ignorance. It's Mm -hmm. just like, I've never felt that way. I've never had to deal with those things. I've never experienced those things. And Mm -hmm. so I'll say something out of like pure curiosity or even confusion. And it's like, that was the wrong thing to say. I have the most amazing partner. I know that (laughs) all y'all have amazing partners, but like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, amazing partner. Oh, you all bring it to the table. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, also, they would hate it if I just said that. So I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the competitive one. <laughs> but like, luckily, my partner is someone who uh, is willing to have those conversations with me. And I've learned, I've learned from messing up where it's just like, okay, how do I have these conversations? And like, is it appropriate to even have these conversations with them? Mm-hmm. Or is it more appropriate for me to go and have the conversation with someone else or read about it, like learn about it, you know, something like that. Like uh, I'm trying to think of an example, like it hasn't happened that often, but especially with everything that's happened this year, one of the things that I've learned, especially about like how I'm seen as a white woman by people of color is like Mm -hmm. the crying crying white woman, right? Mm. The over-emotional, like if I cry, then, and it's true. And I actually have another podcast episode that's specifically about this. So we don't Mm -hmm. have to super unpack that. But one of the things that I've learned is that me as a white woman, like my emotions trump whatever is going on, Mm -hmm. right? Like my emotions trump any experience. And I didn't see that Mm. before. I really didn't see that as soon as, and like, and I've kind of known that, but like, I just didn't see the actual impact of it where it's just like, as soon as a white woman gets upset, it's like the whole world stops to like, Mm -hmm. I'm okay. And that is just not everyone's experience. Like it sounds, again, it sounds super ignorant, like saying it in that way, but it's like, that is just not everyone's experience. Mm -hmm. And also like the inside of this conversation where if someone of color is like, like the George Floyd, George Floyd happened, George Floyd murder. And then it's like George Floyd murder. And it's about a black man being murdered by a cop. And then, you know, you have a podcast. This is like where the learning experience for me came in. You have a podcast where a white woman cries, but like what we're actually concerned about is a white woman crying and Mm -hmm. not the murder of a black man. Mm -hmm. And that's just one example, but it's like, that's generally what happens. And so like, that's something that I've really learned inside of my own privilege. Like that was probably like the biggest eye-opening thing for me this year. I'm like, wow, I really didn't realize that my privilege was that harmful. Mm. Like I knew that I had privilege before, like I understood privilege. I understood what that was, but I didn't see the harm, like how harmful Mm -hmm. until this year. So yeah. I think that might've answered your question. It might've been a little bit more than that, but yeah. Absolutely. And that's, and that's, that's a powerful <laughs> distinction because I think a lot of white people don't understand the impact of their privilege. You know, I think we're, we, we spend a lot of time arguing about the existence of privilege without really thinking about how it lands and how, how it impacts people. So I think that's really powerful for you to be aware of. So thank you for sharing. Definitely. Yeah, you're welcome. And like, honestly, like, thank you all so much for sharing your experience and for yeah, just every everything that you've said today like I am so grateful was there anything else that you all wanted to share or anything that also like is there anything that came up for you and like what I shared two questions anything else you want to share anything that came up for you and what I shared I don't know I'm still kind of stuck on Brian's comment earlier about Jafar and kind of <laughs> like about how like the characters and like how a lot of gay characters are portrayed as like evil. <laughs> yeah. The stars yeah. Are awesome. <laughs> so I mean I that is like probably like a different <laughs> podcast episode, but 
Oh, love love to dive deeper into that. Yeah. Can we go back to what Brian said about Jafar? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, Eternal Roar. <laughs> <laughs> love him. Like Jafar, he's so bad. That like that too. That needs to be your intro. Yes. <laughs> that one, exactly. Yeah, that clip. <laughs> The last thing I'll say is like, look, the hardest thing for me about sharing a lot of these things is like, I don't know. One thing I've learned about like life and love this last year is like, no one will ever know how I feel. And I will never know entirely how everyone else feels. And like, I don't mean like no one will ever, you know what I mean? Like I am a soul inside this body. And I'm the only one in here mm-hmm. in order for other people to know how I'm feeling. I have to tell them that. And that being said, like the two way street on that is, is a lot of these thoughts and feelings. It's like, I don't try to come across as like, this is how all black people feel. I'm just like, this is how I feel. I don't, I don't know if this is, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is how other people feel. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So it's really scary because mm-hmm. part of me is wondering if I'm like, is this just me? Is this just a me thing? No. So like hearing, yeah. Like, so like hearing that, like, <laughs> okay, like it, there's like, this is legitimately a release from it. So I do appreciate the platform for this, but yeah, it's just like, it's a crazy world and trying to figure out like, who I am and it has been an insane experience. And I think like the only thing we can really do is just like share. I don't know. I feel like life is this weird group project that we're all doing, but we don't know we're doing it together. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like walking up to other people. I'm like, how was yours? Like, how was your experience? How did you like life experience? <laughs> what you yeah. How'd your section? Oh. <laughs> I need your section, Brian. <laughs> I think that's a beautiful analogy though. Yeah. yeah. If we really know Brian, like that's beautiful. I think that that's uh, a beautiful analogy because I think that if, we, if we approached it in that way, like if we all had the mindset of like, we're all doing this life experience together. We're all doing this group par- project. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Also what that comes up for me is like, who's not doing work? But if we think about it in that way, then it, it takes out some of the heaviness, you know, and it also takes out some of the assumptions. Like, it's just like, okay, we're all doing this together. We're all doing this group project together. You know, what is, what's your role? Not like you, ugh, that's wrong. <laughs> that's wrong. <laughs> no, your role. <laughs> I'm just going to disregard everything that we just talked about in this entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no we can't really like do it like a, it is like a group project but you know i think we always have to kind of refrain from being the taskmaster you know like what's your status where are you coming from what is this you know like and time which is time you know <laughs> it's like <laughs> hall monitor right where's your hall pass but yeah but just making it about like you know we're all just trying our best mm-hmm. like we're all we're all just trying to figure it out exactly yeah oh, you do. Mm-hmm. all right this is so good thank you guys thank you so much like you know we, every time we have this I, like i always get something out of it and so thank you thank you to the three of you for doing this thank you to elizabeth for the platform i just feel like i've just been along for the ride and i had a good time so thank you, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. well yeah thank you so much like right back at you thank you so much for being an amazing co-host I couldn't have, couldn't have done this without you. And it's been like so much fun doing this with you. So I just want to highlight that you haven't just been along for the ride. Like you should see <laughs> spreadsheets that we have for these episodes. Okay. Like Jamie has been like quote unquote along for the ride. All right. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank like, you Jamie thank has you. been like putting in work with me. Okay. 
she's also doing the group project. Right. <laughs> right. Thank you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> all right. Okay. Any, anything that anybody else wants to say? Stay woke. <laughs> I love myself. All right. Yes. Yes. I love all of you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, yeah.